0: section three of radioactive substances this librivox recording is in the public domain read by awai in august two thousand and ten radioactive substances by marie curie chapter two method of research part one the results of the investigation of radioactive minerals announced in the preceding chapter Led Monsieur Curie and myself to endeavor to extract a new radioactive body from pitchblende. Our method of procedure could only be based on radioactivity, as we know of no other property of the hypothetical substance. The following is the method pursued for a research based on radioactivity. The radioactivity of a compound is determined, and a chemical decomposition of this compound is effected. The radioactivity of all the products obtained is determined, having regard to the proportion in which the radioactive substance is distributed among them. In this way, an indication is obtained, which may to a certain extent be compared to that which spectrum analysis furnishes. In order to obtain comparable figures, the activity of the substances must be determined in the solid form well dried. Polonium, radium, actinium. The analysis of pitch blend with the help of the method just explained, led us to the discovery in this mineral of two strongly radioactive substances chemically dissimilar. Polonium discovered by ourselves and radium, which we discovered in conjunction with Monsieur Polonium, from the analytical point of view, is analogous to bismuth and separates out with the latter. By one of the following methods of fractionating, bismuth products are obtained increasingly rich in polonium. 1. Sublimation of the sulphides in vacuo. The active sulphide is much more volatile than bismuth sulphide. Two. Precipitation of solutions of the nitrate by water. The precipitate of the basic nitrate is much more active than the salt which remains in solution. 3. Precipitation by sulphuretted hydrogen of a hydrochloric acid solution, strongly acid. The precipitated sulphides are considerably more active than the salt which remains in solution radium is a substance which accompanies the barium obtained from pitchblende. It resembles barium in its reactions, and is separated from it by difference of solubility of the chlorides in water, in dilute alcohol, or in water acidified with hydrochloric acid. We effect the separation of the chlorides of barium and radium by subjecting the mixture to fractional crystallization radium chloride being less soluble than that of barium a third strongly radioactive body has been identified in pitchblende by m. de Pierne, who gave it the name of actinium actinium accompanies certain members of the iron group contained in pitchblende it appears in particular allied to thorium from which it has not yet been found possible to separate it the extraction of actinium from pitchblende is a very difficult operation. The separations being as a rule incomplete, all three of the new radioactive bodies occur in quite infinitesimal amount in pitchblende in order to obtain them in a more concentrated condition. We were obliged to treat several tons of residue of the ore of uranium. The rough treatment was carried out in the factory and this was followed by processes of purification and concentration. We thus succeeded in extracting from thousands of kilograms of crude material, a few decigrams of products which were exceedingly active as compared with the ore from which they were obtained. It is obvious that this process is long, arduous and costly. Other new radioactive bodies have been notified since the termination of our work. Monsieur Giesel on the one hand, and Messrs. Hoffmann and Strauss on the other, have announced the probable existence of a radioactive body similar to lead in its chemical properties. At present, only a few samples of this substance have been obtained. Radium is, so far, the only member of the new radioactive substances that has been isolated as the pure salt. Spectrum of radium It was of the first importance to check, by all possible means, the hypothesis underlying this work of new radioactive elements. In the case of radium, spectrum analysis was the means of confirming this hypothesis. Monsieur de Marseille undertook the examination of the new radioactive bodies by the searching methods which he employs in the study of photographic spark spectra. The assistance of so competent a scientist was of the greatest value to us and we are deeply grateful to him for having consented to take up this work the results of the spectrum analysis brought conviction to us when we were still in doubt as to the interpretation of the results of our research the first specimens of fairly active barium chloride containing radium examined by m de Marseilles, Exhibited together with the barium lines, a new line of considerable intensity and of wavelength lambda 381.47 micromicrons in the ultraviolet. With the more active products prepared subsequently, De Marseilles saw the line 381.47 micromicrons more distinctly. At the same time, other new lines appeared and the intensity of the new lines was comparable with that of the barium lines a further concentration furnished a product for which the new spectrum predominated and the three strongest barium lines alone visible merely indicated the presence of this metal as an impurity this product may be looked upon as nearly pure radium chloride finally by further purification I obtained an exceedingly pure chloride in the spectrum of which the two chief barium lines were scarcely visible. The following is a list according to de Marseille of the principal radium lines for the portion of the spectrum included between lambda equals 500 and lambda equals 350 micromicrons. The intensity of each line is represented by a figure, the strongest being marked 16 lambda 482.63 intensity 10 lambda 472.69 intensity 5 lambda 469.98 intensity 3 lambda 469.21 intensity 7 lambda 468.30 Intensity 14. Lambda 464.19. Intensity 4. Lambda 460.03. Intensity 3. Lambda 453.35. Intensity 9. Lambda 443.61. Intensity 8 lambda four hundred thirty four point zero six intensity twelve lambda three hundred eighty one point four seven intensity sixteen lambda three hundred sixty four point nine six intensity twelve all the lines are clear and narrow the three lines three hundred eighty one point four seven four hundred sixty eight point three zero four hundred thirty four point zero six are strong and equal the most intense of those actually known two well marked misty bands are also visible in the spectrum the first which is symmetrical extends from four hundred sixty three point one zero to four hundred sixty two point one nine with a maximum at 462.75. The second, which is stronger, fades towards the ultraviolet. It begins, sharply defined, at 446.37, and passes through a maximum at 445.52. The region of the maximum extends as far as 445.34, Then, a nebulous band, gradually fading, extends about as far as 439. In the least refrangible part, not photographed in the spark spectrum, the only significant line is 566.5, approximately, much more feeble, however, than 482.63. The general aspect of the spectrum is that of the metals of the alkaline Earths. These metals are known to have well-marked line spectra with certain nebulous bands. According to the Marseilles, the position of radium may be among the bodies possessing the most sensitive spectrum reaction. I also have concluded from the work of concentration, that in the first specimen examined, which showed clearly the line, The proportion of radium must have been very small, perhaps about 0.02%. Nevertheless, an activity 50 times as great as that of metallic uranium is required in order to distinguish clearly the principal radium line in the spectra photographed. With a sensitive electrometer, the radioactivity of a substance only one one-hundredth of that of metallic uranium can be detected. It is clear that, in order to detect the presence of radium, the property of radioactivity is several thousand times more sensitive than the spectrum reaction. Bismuth containing polonium and thorium containing actinium, both very active, examined by De Marseilles, have so far each only yielded bismuth and thorium lines. In a recent publication, M. Giesel, who is occupied in preparing radium, states that radium bromide gives a carmine flame coloration. The flame spectrum of radium contains two beautiful red bands, one line in the blue-green and two faint lines in the violet extraction of the new radioactive substances the first stage of the operation consists in extracting barium with radium from the ores of uranium also bismuth with polonium and the rare earths containing actinium from the same these three primary products having been obtained The next step is in each case to endeavour to isolate the new radioactive body. This second part of the treatment consists of a process of fractionation. The difficulty of finding a very perfect means of separating closely allied elements is well known, methods of fractionation are therefore quite suitable. Besides this, when a mere trace of one element is mixed with another element, No method of complete separation could be applied to the mixture, even allowing that such a method was known. In fact, one would run the risk of losing the trace of the material to be separated. The particular object of my work has been the isolation of radium and polonium. After working for several years, I have so far only succeeded in obtaining the former. Pitchblende is an expensive ore, and we have given up the treatment of it in large quantities. In Europe, the extraction of this ore is carried out in the mine of Joachimsthal, in Bohemia. The crushed ore is roasted with carbonate of soda, and the resulting material washed, first with warm water, and then with dilute sulphuric acid. The solution contains the uranium, which gives pitchblende its value, The insoluble residue is rejected. This residue contains radioactive substances, its activity is four and a half times that of metallic uranium. The Austrian government, to whom the mine belongs, presented us with a ton of this residue for our research, and authorized the mine to give us several tons more of the material. It was not very easy to apply the methods of the laboratory to the preliminary treatment of the residue in the factory. M. de Bierne investigated this question, and organised the treatment in the factory. The most important point of his method is the conversion of the sulphates into carbonate, by boiling the material with a concentrated solution of sodium carbonate. This method avoids the necessity of fusing with sodium carbonate. The residue chiefly contains the sulphates of lead and calcium, silica, alumina and iron oxide. In addition, nearly all the metals are found in greater or smaller amount. Copper, bismuth, zinc, cobalt, manganese, nickel, vanadium, antimony, thallium, rare earths, niobium, tantalum, arsenic, barium, etc. Radium is found in this mixture as sulphate and is the least soluble sulphate in it. In order to dissolve it, it is necessary to remove the sulphuric acid as far as possible. To do this, the residue is first treated with a boiling concentrated soda solution. The sulphuric acid combined with the lead, aluminium and calcium passes for the most part into solution as sulphate of sodium, which is removed by repeatedly washing with water. The alkaline solution removes at the same time lead, silicon and aluminium. The insoluble portion is attacked by ordinary hydrochloric acid. This operation completely disintegrates the material and dissolves most of it. Polonium and actinium may be obtained from this solution. The former is precipitated by sulphuretted hydrogen. The latter is found in the hydrates precipitated by ammonia in the solutions separated from the sulphides and oxidized. Radium remains in the insoluble portion. this portion is washed with water and then treated with a boiling concentrated solution of carbonate of soda. This operation completes the transformation of the sulphates of barium and radium into carbonates. The material is then thoroughly washed with water and then treated with dilute hydrochloric acid, quite free from sulphuric acid. The solution contains radium as well as polonium and actinium it is filtered and precipitated with sulphuric acid. In this way, the crude sulphates of barium, containing radium and calcium, of lead and of iron, and of a trace of actinium, are obtained. The solution still contains a little actinium and polonium, which may be separated out, as in the case of the first hydrochloric acid solution. From one tonne of residue. 10 to 20 kilograms of crude sulphates are obtained, the activity of which is from 30 to 60 times as great as that of metallic uranium. They must now be purified. For this purpose, they are boiled with sodium carbonate and transformed into the chlorides. The solution is treated with sulphuretted hydrogen, which gives a small quantity of active sulfides containing polonium. The solution is filtered, oxidized by means of chlorine, and precipitated with pure ammonia. The precipitated hydrates and oxides are very active, and the activity is due to actinium. The filtered solution is precipitated with sodium carbonate. The precipitated carbonates of the alkaline earths are washed and converted into chlorides. These chlorides are evaporated to dryness and washed with pure concentrated hydrochloric acid. Calcium chloride dissolves almost entirely, whilst the chloride of barium and radium remains insoluble. Thus, from one ton of the original material, about 8 kilograms of barium and radium chloride are obtained, of which the activity is about 60 times that of metallic uranium. The chloride is now ready for fractionation. Polonium As I said above, by passing sulphuretted hydrogen through the various hydrochloric acid solutions obtained during the course of the process, active sulphides are precipitated, of which the activity is due to polonium. These sulphides chiefly contain bismuth, a little copper, and lead. The latter metal occurs in relatively small amount, because it has been to a great extent removed by the soda solution, and because its chloride is only slightly soluble. Antimony and arsenic are found among the oxides only in the minutest quantity, their oxides having been dissolved by the soda. In order to obtain the very active sulphides, the following process was employed. The solutions made strongly acid with hydrochloric acid were precipitated with sulphuretted hydrogen. The sulphides thus precipitated are very active and are employed for the preparation of polonium. There remain in the solution substances not completely precipitated in presence of excess of hydrochloric acid bismuth lead antimony. To complete the precipitation, the solution is diluted with water, and treated again with sulphuretted hydrogen, which gives a second precipitate of sulphides, much less active than the first, and which have generally been rejected. For the further purification of the sulphides, they are washed with ammonium sulphide, which removes the last remaining traces of antimony and arsenic. They are then washed with water and ammonium nitrate, and treated with dilute nitric acid. Complete solution never occurs. There is always an insoluble residue, more or less considerable, which can be treated afresh if it is judged expedient. The solution is reduced to a small volume and precipitated either by ammonia or by excess of water in both cases the lead and the copper remain in solution in the second case a little bismuth scarcely active at all remains also in solution the precipitate of oxides or basic nitrates is subjected to fractionation in the following manner the precipitate is dissolved in nitric acid and water is added to the solution until a sufficient quantity of precipitate is formed it must be borne in mind that sometimes the precipitate does not at once appear. The precipitate is separated from the supernatant liquid, and re-dissolved in nitric acid, after which both the liquids thus obtained are reprecipitated with water, and treated as before. The different fractions are combined according to their activity, and concentration is carried out as far as possible. In this way is obtained a very small quantity of a substance of which the activity is very high, but which nevertheless has so far only shown bismuth lines in the spectroscope. There is unfortunately little chance of obtaining the isolation of polonium by this means. The method of fractionation just described presents many difficulties, and the case is similar with other wet processes of fractionation. Whatever be the method employed, compounds are readily formed which are absolutely insoluble in dilute or concentrated acids. These compounds can only be redissolved by reducing them to the metallic state, for example, by fusion with potassium cyanide. Considering the number of operations necessary, this circumstance constitutes an enormous difficulty in the progress of the fractionation. This obstacle is the greater because polonium, once extracted from the pitchblende, diminishes in activity. This diminution of activity is slow, for a specimen of bismuth nitrate containing polonium only lost half its activity in 11 months. No such difficulty occurs with radium. The radioactivity remains throughout an accurate gauge of the concentration, The concentration itself presents no difficulty, and the progress of the work from the start can be constantly checked by spectral analysis. When the phenomena of induced radioactivity, which will be discussed later on, were made known, it seemed obvious that polonium, which only shows the bismuth lines and whose activity diminishes with time, was not a new element, but bismuth made active by the vicinity of radium in the pitchblende. I am not sure that this opinion is correct in the course of my prolonged work on polonium i have noted chemical effects which i have never observed either with ordinary bismuth or with bismuth made active by radium these chemical effects are in the first place the extremely ready formation of insoluble compounds of which i have spoken above especially basic nitrates and in the second place the colour and appearance of the precipitates obtained by adding water to the nitric acid solution of bismuth containing polonium. These precipitates are sometimes white, but more generally of a more or less vivid yellow verging on red. The absence of lines other than those of bismuth does not necessarily prove that the substance only contains bismuth, because bodies exist whose spectrum reaction is scarcely visible. It would be necessary to prepare a small quantity of bismuth containing polonium, in as concentrated a condition as possible, and to examine it chemically, in the first place determining the atomic weight of the metal. It has not yet been possible to carry out this research, on account of the difficulties of a chemical nature already mentioned. If polonium were proved to be a new element it would be no less true that it cannot exist indefinitely in a strongly radioactive condition at least when extracted from the ore there are therefore two aspects of the question first whether the activity of polonium is entirely induced by the proximity of substances themselves radioactive in which case polonium would possess the faculty of acquiring atomic activity permanently, a faculty which does not appear to belong to any substance whatever. Second, whether the activity of polonium is an inherent property, which is spontaneously destroyed under certain conditions, and persists under certain other conditions, such as those which exist in the ore the phenomenon of atomic activity induced by contact is still so little understood that we lack the ground on which to formulate any opinion on the matter. Note: A work has recently appeared on polonium by M. Markwald. He plunges a small rod of pure bismuth into a hydrochloric acid solution of the bismuth extracted from the pitchblende residue, after some time, the rod becomes coated with a very active deposit, and the solution now contains only inactive bismuth. M. Markwald also obtains a very active deposit by adding tin chloride to a hydrochloric acid solution of radioactive bismuth. From this, he concludes that the active element is allied to tellurium, and gives it the name of radiotellurium. This active substance of M. Markwald seems identical with polonium from its behavior and from the easily absorbed rays it emits. The choice of a new name for this substance is futile in the present state of the question. End of section 3